You know, for most of us, uh, the past holds many good memories. Uh, one of the things I really enjoy about the past is music from the past. Uh, most of you have heard of uh, Sirius XM radio. I have it in, in the car, I have it in my wife's car too. And I spend all my time driving uh, in the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s. They have special channels that play just music from those decades. And I'm always back in the past, and music brings back memories to me, good memories. And I think of my friends from the past and the uh, activities I'd be involved in, the good times, in other words. Uh, times when we were happy and enjoying life, and nostalgia or, or good memories from the past are, are wonderful things. The past can also give us perspective in life. It's like the rear view mirror in our car. We, as we move forward in life, we glance back occasionally to keep us aware of what's behind us and where we've been. And the past makes us more knowledgeable and wiser too. But you know, the past can have a dark side. The past can be a prison for some people. Failures and mistakes or sins of the past can cause people to see themselves as failures today. Many people carry a heavy burden of depression and sorrow because of their past. And offices of psychiatrists and psychologists are filled today with people trying to make sense of their past or trying to overcome their past and be able to live happily today. Some people relive the past continually. They recount negative events in great detail in their minds over and over again. And all the negative emotions they felt then, they feel again today. And they beat themselves up over events that are now history. And some people surrender to the past. They've decided that they will never rise above the past and resign themselves to what the past has made them to be. But others defy the past and refuse to be dominated by it. Even though the past is an unchangeable part of their history, they can change how they think about the past and how they live their lives today. And this is right out of the Bible. We're going to turn to Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. The Apostle Paul talks about our past and his past and how we overcome it. Because we all have negative things from our past. You know, our past isn't all joyful all the time. We've all made mistakes. We've all committed sins in the past. And we can all still remember them. And notice the advice Paul gives us here in Philippians 3, beginning in verse 12. He's talking about the coming resurrection from the dead that uh, awaits us. And he says, not that I have already obtained all this, the resurrection hasn't happened yet, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, and straining toward what is ahead. Let me read that again. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now all of us who are mature 
should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. So Paul here talks about our pasts versus the present and the future. Now this term forget, it can be interpreted in different ways. When he says to forget the past, I don't think that that's really possible because God has designed us in a way that information is stored in our brains, in our memory, if you will. And I don't think you can purposely wipe things out of your memory. It always seems to be there. There are things from my past, things that I've done or things that others have done to me that I can't forget. I'd like to forget them, but they just kind of linger there. Maybe if I get older, I'll eventually forget when I lose my memory. But when I dwell on certain things that I've done in the past, I cringe. Do you, does that ever happen to you? Just one day you're sitting there and out of the blue you remember something stupid or hurtful that you did to somebody else. And I think to myself, why? Why did I do that? Why can't I forget that? Or if, on the other hand, you think of things that other people did to you. And why is it that we can't forget those either? <laughs> we remember those. We get angry or we get upset. Now, when the Apostle Paul talks about forgetting the past, he's not meaning that you wipe it out of your memory somehow. He's talking about how you no longer are influenced or affected by something. When the Apostle Paul says that he learned to forget what is behind, he meant that he still remembers the past, but he no longer allows it to affect the way he lives in the present. Okay, we'll unpack that a little bit more. I think in a similar way, God says this in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17. Let me read what it says here. <clears throat> Hebrews 10 and verse 17 he quotes uh, Old Testament scripture here. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Now does God wipe out memory of the wrong things that we've done? Or does it mean something different? Does it mean that the things that we've done in the past no longer have a bearing on our relationship with God because we've come under the blood of Jesus Christ? Our sins of the past have been forgiven. So God isn't saying that he keeps wiping out of his memory every bad thing we've ever done. He is saying, I will no longer hold their sins against them. I think that's a better way of interpreting that. Their sins can no longer affect their standing with me, God says, or influence my attitude toward them. That's what it means when it talks about forgetting the past. Sure, those things happen, and sure, a lot of them I probably can't wipe out of my memory if I tried, but I can realize that the things that I did wrong in the past no longer affect my relationship with God because they've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when we're told to forget what is behind, God doesn't expect us to wipe it from our memory. He urges us not to allow the past affect the way we live in the present. And you know what? That requires faith. It's a biblical truth. God tells us that that's the way it is. Okay, you've sinned in the past. 
you're still a sinner, you know, you still struggle, not as bad as you used to. Uh, God's in the process of changing you and making you new. But God says, don't worry about your past. You used to think that that cut you off from God. Now that you come under the blood of Jesus Christ, it doesn't. You have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. So yeah, your past is still there, and sometimes those memories will come and you will cringe. And sometimes you'll have memories of what other people have done to you, and you might feel some anger getting stirred up again. You just need to try to put those aside and realize that just as you have been forgiven by God through the blood of Jesus Christ, those other people that hurt you have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. So put it aside. It doesn't affect your standing with God any longer. You are totally reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. You are totally forgiven of everything you've done wrong through Jesus Christ. So don't let your past affect the way you live now. You need to brush those things aside and focus on today and the future. You know, Paul wrote these words in Philippians. And if there was any person who had a past that he had to deal with, it was the Apostle Paul. Turn with me back to Acts chapter 8. Now we know that the Apostle Paul, before he was the Apostle Paul, was a Pharisee. His name was Saul. And he was a very zealous Pharisee. And don't forget back in these days, the Jews felt that you know, anybody who worshiped Jesus Christ as the Messiah was wrong. And they were, in a sense, worshiping a false god because they didn't really believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised Messiah. They were still waiting for the Messiah to come. So anybody who was out there worshiping Jesus Christ needed to be punished, needed to be corrected. And Paul was very zealous in doing that. As it says in Acts chapter 8, in verse 1, at the time of Stephen, when he was martyred for preaching the gospel, and that story is told in uh, Acts chapter 7, at the beginning of chapter 8, it says that Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul, this Pharisee, began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. So he's basically arresting Christians for being Christians. And like I said, he was very zealous and very dedicated in this. He thought he was doing the right thing. Notice chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. It says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, Christianity in other words, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, the voice of Jesus Christ, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And this was the time of his calling. And his world changed. Jesus intervened in his life and began to change this zealous Jewish man who was persecuting the church 
changed him into a Christian. So as Paul responded to this calling now, and he became an apostle, he always had a past that he wasn't proud of. These people that he was arresting and persecuting, he has now been called to work with these people, to be an apostle to them, to be a teacher to them, to be a helper to them. And always in the back of his mind, he remembered what he did to these people. And you know, as time went by, as you read through the book of Acts, as Paul goes to visit different churches, he probably came face to face with some of the people that he had persecuted, maybe imprisoned, maybe was even responsible for the death of the family members of some of these people he was now interacting with as an apostle. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, with regard to the church at Corinth, he's writing them a letter and he freely admits that he felt bad about his past. He says in writing to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 15, 9, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So Paul lived with the reality of his past for the rest of his years as an apostle in the church. So you think you have trouble sometimes dealing with your past. This man really had some difficult issues to deal with. But you know what? As he says here, verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was, was not without effect. So we feel the same way. We should feel the same way when we think about our past, especially the negative aspects of our past. You know, in spite of our past, God called us to salvation in Jesus Christ. He had us hear the gospel. You know, by his grace, we responded to it, to this free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And he called us in spite of our past. He knew our past but he still called us because he knew that he was going to bring us out of our past and he was going to establish us as something new, a new creation. That's what we are in Jesus Christ. Paul remembered his past. He had to live with it all the time, but he realized that by the grace of God, he wasn't that person any longer. Just like Pastor Bill was explaining to us today. He used to be a mean little kid. <laughs> but by the grace of God, he is not that mean kid anymore. God has transformed him by his grace. So, you see, we all remember our past, good and bad. It's good to dwell on the good things, but sometimes the bad memories creep in. How do we deal with that? Do we think, oh, woe is me, what a terrible person I am? No. God has given us all faith, faith to trust in him, faith to get the big picture of what our Christian calling is all about. In spite of our past, God called us, and he is in the process of changing us. 
Why do we, re we remember our past? I don't know. I'm sure that there's a good part of that. It keeps us uh, humble. Let's, let's say it that way. You know, we, you don't think you're this great Christian, can't do wrong, never makes mistakes. No. We're humbled sometimes when we think about our past. We cringe sometimes when we think about our past, just as Paul did. But there were other things that Paul had to remember, too, not just what he did to people. Remember, there are times in Scripture where he talks about how he has been treated since he became a Christian, how many times he was beaten, how many times he was shipwrecked, how many times he was left for dead after he was beaten up by the authorities. So he had to forgive other people, too, as to what they did to him. But God had forgiven his past, and it no longer mattered. Just as God has forgiven your past and my past, and it no longer matters. Yeah, it's there. It's a part of history. You know, sometimes I think about things that I did as a kid and really stupid mistakes that I did and maybe embarrassed my parents and that sort of thing. Then I sit down and think about that and ponder it for a while, and, and it finally dawns on me that, you know, when that happened, all of those people that were there were adults. And you know what? They're all dead now. <laughs> they actually are. And I'm probably the only one alive who remembers that. So why am I getting down on myself? Look at reality. You know, Paul could have spent the rest of his life depressed and dwelling on what a loser he was, but he came to realize that God loved him and was going to use him in a powerful way despite his past. God tells us in the book of Romans that all things work out for good, that love him. That includes us. So everything that happened in our past, God is aware of. And God, in some way, made those things turn out for good. Now, looking at Paul's life, how could that possibly have happened? Well... God knew the calling that Paul was going to have to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And it was going to require a tremendous amount of effort of, of his time, of his emotions, of everything was going to be required of him for the rest of his life. So maybe God allowed him to be a persecutor of the church in order that when the time came for his calling, as we just read in Acts chapter 9, he was really going to be dedicated. He would always remember how he harmed the church. But now that he was called by Jesus Christ to be the apostle to the Gentiles, he was going to be dedicated to these people. Because he always remembered how much harm he did. Now he was going to love them and serve them and be a, a servant to them. And he was. So we don't always see things the way God sees them. But God's ways are so much higher than ours. So when we look at our past, maybe things, mistakes that we did, even sins that we committed, happened for a reason. Now, I don't know in all cases, you know, I have a hard enough time analyzing my life. You have to analyze your life. But God works all things out for the good for those that love them. Let me ask you the question. Are there things from your past that make you feel worthless in God's sight? Is there a hurt or an offense that you suffered, a heavy weight that you've been carrying for many years? 
We can become convinced that we can never break free from the patterns of defeat and failure that have bound us. But what does the scripture say about Jesus? He came to release the prisoners. And sometimes we're imprisoned to our own memories, to our own feelings about ourselves. Jesus has come to release us from those bondages. And he did it through his shed blood on the, on the cross. We have been forgiven of our past. The past can enslave us to a point we're so exhausted that we don't want to try anymore. There are some depressed people who can't even get out of bed. They see no purpose in it. Now, when we're having a good day, why do some of these negative thoughts from the past come to us? Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. You can be having the greatest day, a very enjoyable day, and it seems out of the blue, a thought comes to you from the past, just a memory. And it gets you all upset and discouraged. I like what Paul says here about our adversary, Satan, the devil, Ephesians 6 and verse 16. He says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. He's talking about the armor of God here. And one of the components of the armor of God is a shield. And he calls it the shield of faith. Notice, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Back in these Bible days, of course, armies fought battles, fought wars. And one of the weapons of, you know, the organized advanced armies were bow and arrow, but what they would do is they would light the arrow and it would be a flaming arrow. So if they shot it into some sort of wooden structure, it can start the whole structure on fire. Or if it hit you, it's going to cause extra pain. You're not just getting hit by an arrow, you're getting hit by a flaming arrow. But he says here that one of the weapons the armor of God that we have, that God has given us, is the shield of faith. So faith, belief, trust in God. What do we believe? That Jesus is our Savior, that his death on the cross paid the penalty for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And he said when we demonstrate that faith and belief in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, it is like a shield that when that flaming arrow hits it, it extinguishes it because what they would do is they would soak their shields in water. So you would be carrying this heavy shield soaked in water, perhaps made out of leather, and when that flaming arrow would hit it, it would actually be extinguished. So here's where the thoughts come from. From Satan, our adversary, who would like to do nothing more than to turn our joy as Christians into sadness, depression, discouragement. And one of the main ways that he does that is by hitting us with flaming arrows. Thoughts that just seemingly come out of the blue, memories from the past. Satan doesn't uh, cause us to think about good things from the past. He causes us to think about negative things from the past. Why? To discourage us. To get us thinking that Maybe God doesn't forgive us, and maybe God doesn't love us, and maybe we haven't been reconciled to God, and we're such losers that why would God spend any time with us or even care about us? 
Whenever you get a thought like that, it's like Satan whispering something in your ear. These things come out of the blue. They come from Satan. He is our enemy. Our enemy. He is our adversary. So what is the response? What is the thing that we use to guard against this? Faith. So as soon as a negative thought hits your mind, you think, no, that is not true. <laughs> I am a Christian. I have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. My sins from the past have been forgiven. I have God's word on that. And like we uh, you know, talked last week, we looked at a couple of scriptures. And one of my favorites is Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. God doesn't judge us any longer concerning our past, even our present, and sins of the future. They have been totally wiped clean by the blood of Jesus. So, the Apostle Paul had a past that he wasn't proud of. We have all had a past that in many ways we haven't been proud of. But our past, present, and future are totally covered by grace. Totally covered by grace. It's not just Satan, but sometimes it's other people. Other people want to remind us, and I think that they're tools of Satan by doing this, they want to remind us about our negative past. Have you ever known anybody who brings up mistakes from your past to you? Parents can do that sometimes. You know, when they deal with their kids, they find themselves always bringing up mistakes from the past. And they're embarrassing, they're frustrating, they're depressing. Why do parents tend to do that sometimes? Or sometimes your mate. I know especially when there's a marriage and one mate becomes a Christian and the other one doesn't. The one who doesn't become a Christian tends to bring up mistakes from the past to their mate. <laughs> oh, you, you think you're something special now that you're a Christian. Well, what about A, B, C, and D and all these things that you've done, you know, that I've, I've seen you do and you continue, you know, why do they bring that stuff up in their face? They're being a tool of Satan because Satan is all about discouragement. And sometimes you can say something and not even know that uh, you're being used by Satan, but you are because that's where that negativity, that's where that condemnation comes from. Because Satan, you know, he sees us, we're people of faith, but perhaps he's aware of some of the mistakes we make too. And he always wants to remind us about those things to bring us down. So we don't enjoy our Christian life. We don't uh, have confidence in the future that God gives us by his word. Jesus came to liberate us from our past. He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. He forgave our past. He releases us from sin and the guilt of sin. Instead of living in the what has been, he allows us to live in the what will be. So we have to have the right perspective in our own lives. We all, each and every one of us, have a past that we're not proud of. But we're called to come out of that. We're called to focus on the present and especially the future. Recognize the past for what it is, the past. It's over, done, gone, finished, ended, past. You can't change one thing about what happened back then. 
whether back then was years ago or whether it was yesterday. Recognize Satan's strategy in reminding you of the negative aspects of your past. His purpose is to discourage and defeat you. I want to turn finally to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. This gives us the right perspective. One of our favorite passages here. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and I think everybody sitting in this room, we can say is in Christ, believes in Jesus Christ, acknowledges him as Savior. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Now, you may not always feel like a new creation, but this is the way God sees you. He has put your past aside, even sins of the, the present and the future. He has put aside. You're a new creation. Notice, the old has gone, as far as God is concerned. The new has come. And we're to live in this reality. Who we are in Jesus Christ. We used to be, before we were called and before we responded to that calling, yeah, we had cut ourselves off from God by sin. We were sinners. Some of us lived the life of sin. It wasn't just occasionally, it was pretty much all the time. But you have been called. You have responded to that calling. You are in Christ. You have responded to Jesus Christ. You heard the gospel and said, that's for me. I want Jesus Christ to be my savior because I realize I'm a sinner. And that takes a lot of effort because that's humbling to admit that to yourself and then to God. And a lot of people stumble over that. They can't come to that point in their lives. But we have to humble ourselves and realize that we need a savior. And when we do, immediately we start to become a new creation. And believe me, the new creation doesn't involve your past. God has put that aside. Now we as being human beings with our psychology and our emotions, we're always tied to our past somehow. We can't clear, you know, you can't hit the delete button on our brain to delete all the bad things from our past. There's a purpose for that, I'm sure. But we have to realize in faith, take the shield of faith, this is what we believe. We have faith and trust in God and he calls us a new creation. And when those wrong thoughts come from the past, we have to say, no, I'm not that person anymore. God has made me something new. The past is gone, the old has gone, the new has come. We have to live in that reality. And we're not just sons and daughters of, of, of God, of the Father. We're beloved sons and daughters of the Father. Because he extends to us the same love that he has for his son, Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus told us there in John chapter 17. The same love that the Father has for the Son, the Father now has for us. And we will participate and enjoy all the things that Jesus Christ has now. He's going to share them with us. And it starts with the love of the Father. And it's not conditional. It's based on grace. And we're given that as a free gift in Jesus Christ. So remember who you are in Jesus Christ. A beloved son and daughter of God. And in the midst of our struggle, don't let Satan get a foothold. 
whether he's whispering in your ear himself or he's having other people tell you negative things about your past. They want to keep digging up the past to say, no, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm on the way. God is working on me. So as Paul said, forgetting the past. Let's understand exactly what that means and uh, how we approach that. And don't forget the shield of faith that God has given each and every one of us. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the words of encouragement today. Thank you that in spite of each of our individual pasts, you called us. You love us. You had your son Jesus Christ die on the cross for us. And Father, we have been reconciled to you through his blood. So help us to live in that reality. Help us to live in that relationship that you've given us with you. Help that relationship to go deeper and deeper every day and more and more intimate. Father, we know that you love us and we want you to know that we love you too. We're sorry for our past. It's always going to be rattling around in our brains, perhaps till our total change comes at, at Christ's return. Maybe then we'll totally forget the bad things of the past. But until then, it's a struggle for each and every one of us. Help us to keep the right perspective. Help us to use that shield of faith that you've given us when Satan's fiery arrows attack us. And help us to continue to believe what you tell us in, in the Bible about forgiveness, about eternal life, and help us to live it. So thank you, Father, for the awesome calling you've given us, for the unbelievable future that you have promised us, and we ask your blessing, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.